Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 5th of April, 2023. Happy Wednesday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. I will uh, be talking about the indictment once we know more about it. It's gonna ha- I'm recording most of this beforehand, but I'll come back, and what you're going to hear next is going to be about the actual arraignment. I'm not going to wait until the nighttime for Trump's speech. I'll talk about that tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, everything you'll hear at one point will be later on. So there you go. Or will be earlier. But I will talk, I will insert here the stuff about the indictment because we're still not really sure. It seems like garbage, and I honestly would not be surprised. Well, I would be surprised now because the left is so evil. If these cases, if these charges were dismissed out of hand as being compatently absurd and dismissed with prejudice, it should happen. But because it's New York and it's a bunch of lefties, it likely won't happen because they're not interested in justice. Anyway, if you are interested in justice yourself, you can go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter dot com and sign up to help the show. That will bring justice and peace to the universe balance to the force if you will five bucks a month is all we ask you get the extra shows on saturdays you get the contest this week's contest is what it's mike huckabee versus brad thor so autographed books galore over there check it out please consider supporting the show all right well uh, let's go to the reaction and then we'll come back and do the rest Okay, so I just watched far too long of a media circus where nothing was really conveyed. Uh, the 34 counts in the indictment are bogus. Good God. Honest, you can indict a ham sandwich, and that's what Fat Boy did up in New York. He's trying to justify it by saying, nobody's above the law, but then all he does in his professional career is downgrade criminal charges to let people he prefers off to let them get off scot-free so this is political what's amazing to me and i guess i'll go into this more tomorrow is the next hearing isn't scheduled apparently until december 4th december what in the hell december 4th justice is slow well is justice's ass stuck in concrete december 4th according to trump's attorneys the judge has set a deadline for four months to file motions. Four months to, if my lawyer took four months to file motions, I'd fire their ass. Four months is ridiculous. Everybody knows what the motions are. Everybody knows the, the ins and outs of this case. How about this judge get off his ass and these lawyers get off their ass and say, look, we need decisions here in a week. We need to say, yeah, we're going to file these motions because the motions are obvious. How about everybody pull their head out of their ass? It's amazing to me that this is allowed to go on. I will talk more about it tomorrow, but honestly, this is even more disgusting than I thought it was. Not surprising, 
but more disgusting than I thought it was. All right, that's enough. Now we'll go back to the stuff that I recorded before. I wasted time. God, you know, one thing about live TV and legal cases and whatnot in breaking news, it really exposes just how freaking stupid news anchors are, the anchors themselves. They ask the dumbest damn questions. They sit there and like, well, what do you think of it? We don't know anything. Uh, but does this indicate it? Just shut. I get it. You got to fill the time. This is the problem with breaking news. Whenever there's something breaking, it's ongoing. They should News organizations should never want this because all it does is give the people they pay a ton of money to sit in, on camera and pretend to be smart by reading off of a teleprompter the exposure uh, to the public of just how freaking stupid they are. It's so pathetic. And I'm, I'm watching every network, and I'm talking about every anchor. There are so few of them that are worth their weight in dog excrement who you just you find out they're on your trivial pursuit team and you just give up you're like all right this person there's an anchor we've just been we're out swimming and we've just been given a rock a big rock god these people make a lot of money it's so pathetic anyway more on that i'm sure as these morons expose themselves even further tomorrow now we go back to the show the uh, indictment of the president at this point is being speculated. There, are, what, is, what is the headline? It's like 34 in felony indictment. They're all bogus. It stems from one thing. You can cut it up. And if you take a hot dog for dinner, my kids love Costco hot dogs. They like going to Costco only for the Costco hot dogs. But the uh, you take a Costco hot dog, you cut it into 34 pieces. It is still 2% rat excrement. <laughs> It is still a hot dog. It doesn't become a steak if you cut it up. It doesn't become anything else. It is not a chicken dinner if you cut it enough. It's still a hot dog. So I would like to see, and we'll find out, I would like to see this thing dismissed out of hand. I would imagine Donald Trump's lawyers will have a, and if they don't, he's hired really bad lawyers, would have a very good motion to file for immediate, if not you know sooner, dismissal of these charges. And as to why, and be able to articulate it and do so, yeah, maybe they submit a 10-page brief or something to the judge, but realistically, they should be able to articulate this inside of a paragraph, spoken. Statute of limitations long since expired. It's a federal crime that this is a state court. They have no jurisdiction, etc., etc. But realistically, you, you just want the well. You want the charges dismissed, but why they're dismissed is important too. In the realm of politics, you want them dismissed for cause and with prejudice. You want them dismissed because of the incompetence and the clear political motive of Alvin Bragg. You don't want it. You want them dismissed either way. You'll take it, however it goes. But if it's just straight up technicality, well, you know, they, if I'm not going to rule on the merits of the case, but the statute of limitations has expired, therefore charges are dismissed, that sort of thing. 
that'll work. That'll work. And you're just going to have to work extra hard afterwards. But if the judge sits there and says, this case is without merit, this case is without precedent, this case is insane, should never have been brought, and I am dismissing it with prejudice, then it's different than, oh, geez, you just waited too long to bring this case. I, I suppose the uh, the former would be a little bit too much to ask for in New York, in Manhattan, maybe. I guess we'll find out if there is such a thing as an honest liberal judge. I honestly don't know if there is such a thing as an honest liberal judge. But we can wait. We can see. We'll find out sooner or later. But I would be uh, hopeful that things go as quickly as possible and get dismissed. Now, there's a push out on social media. There are these bone. There, social media is probably the worst thing to happen to this country ever, to be honest with you. It's embarrassing what passes for political discourse and what passes for punditry on social media. And it, frankly, in the profession of, of radio hosts and podcasters, the people, the barrier to entry is zero. But you do get rewarded the more incendiary and incendiary is generally coupled with stupid that you are now there will the republicans need to go around charge everybody where where's the charges against democrats okay find a democrat to charge seriously do it and find a republican to then pressure to charge them or whatever don't just it matters if you're going to hold them to their own game it'd be much better if you found an actual guilty person I'm all for investigations. I'm all for calling these people up and costing them a bunch of money in lawyers' fees and whatnot. It's the dose of their own medicine. Democrats did that a lot with Republicans in the last two years. They called up everybody. They broke, ruined them financially. Return that favor, sure. But criminal charges are something different. you got to have a basis. Alvin Bragg stretched the law, strained credulity, went beyond what is, you know, acceptable, insane, and rational. But there is a law that he's claiming was broken here. You can't just go, um, you punched your wife. You're, you're under arrest, all right? Democrat. Like, what? I didn't punch my wife. My wife isn't saying that. Nobody punched. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, never mind. You're you're uh, you're stealing money. You have to have some kind of basis. You have to have something in there. Now, I'm not saying Democrats haven't done this. I Democrats have done this. But in order to really pursue somebody and give them a dose of their own medicine, there has to be the prospect of an underlying crime. Otherwise, you're looking at malicious perse- prosecution. You're looking at consequences for the person who brought the charges. Now, if you're looking for suicide bombers, these peacocking morons, then okay, fine. Get yourself a suicide bomber to go out there and say, I'm going to ruin my career in order to make a point to make somebody with a small social media footprint happy. It's really kind of stupid. You should pick the battles you can win. What would be better is to really prosecute a Democrat who'd done something and put them away and say, hey, you're accusing our side of being criminal, yet you guys are the ones who actually have members of your party, of your caucus, being convicted. 
of certain things. I'm all for it. But I don't see it happening. And that's a problem. That is a problem, I will admit. You want to get a red state attorney general to go after somebody? Get a red state attorney general to go after somebody. But you have to go after them for something. You have. You can't just go, we're going to, we're going to find, we're going to charge every Democrat we can with something. Because then you look stupid. Then you look desperate. You can't, I'm all for a dose of their own medicine. But if you look and go, uh, they're fascists. Now let's investigate everybody else and let's charge everybody else and try and throw every. Let's get the mug shots. Let's do this. Let's do. It, it kind of blunt the allegation of fascism when you engage in fascism, right? Honestly, it would be much better off rather than following these dumbasses, you know. I'm going to get a lot of retweets on this one. Rather than following that crap, it would be much better if the Republican National Committee and the Trump campaign or the Trump PACs or whatever, there's a possibility that if this thing doesn't get tossed out, that there'll be a a gag order on everybody. I don't know how you enforce that. It'd be absurd. I hope that Donald Trump has already pre-recorded a whole bunch of things so he can say, look, I've pre-recorded all these things. So, you, you know, I... I and released them beforehand or gave them to Sean Hannity or something to release later on so that uh you know it, it it wasn't I wasn't violating the gag order I'd given these before but the Trump pack the Trump campaign the Republican National Committee and all these other packs that are allegedly Republican the ones that aren't interested in just soaking suckers for their money but actually doing something they need to actually do something They need to go out there and get educating the American public. They need to be on the air. I know know, there's no commercials for political issues. There's no commercials over this. You're watching the NBC Nightly News and you see Lester Holt lie through his teeth. You watch ABC and you see the hairdo David Muir get things wrong. Combat that. Call them out on that run commercials during their newscasts that in 30 seconds articulate what the hell is really going on. Put the pressure on them. Go to where the audience is. If you're being misinformed by the ABC Nightly News, then inform the audience watching the ABC Nightly News during the commercial break. Spend some damn money to make a damn point. Combat them on their terms. Go to where people actually are. Advertise on HGTV, wherever it is, on Bravo. Oh, tell them the truth. Get Alan Dershowitz, a liberal. They hate him, but he's a liberal. Get him in a commercial. He can explain this stuff in 30 seconds or a minute. It's much better than, all right, well, they've charged Donald Trump. Let's just charge a whole bunch of Democrats with stuff. Because I guarantee you, while I firmly believe that these charges are going to be dismissed and should be, or at least eventually will be, it won't get, it'll be covered as, oh, they're getting away with it. Those Republicans, Donald Trump, getting away with it. But if you just file charges against Democrats because they're Democrats, when those charges are dismissed because they will be, 
you will have done more harm than good. You will have done more damage than you did good. And even the good you possibly sent out to do. You will end up harming the... Oh, you know, your social media footprint will increase. You'll be way more popular than you were before with Russian bots and stupid people. But in general, it will not be helpful to the cause. And you really have to ask yourself, are you interested in winning or are you interested in peacocking? Because you can, you can get all the attention you want and lose. I mean, if, that, if you're fine with that, just come out and say it. But I think, at least for brand purposes, these people pretend they want to win. What they really want is more money for themselves. But for brand purposes, they pretend to want to win. Maybe just maybe think things through act smartly this is a tremendous opportunity for the republican party for the conservative movement it truly is if you play it right if you don't play it right and you just go out there and you throw a temper tantrum and you oh this is it nothing's going to change you're not going to elicit sympathy from an unsympathetic audience. You have to go to the people in the middle who aren't getting the information and give them the information. You want to charge Democrats with crimes, find crimes that Democrats have committed, and charge them with them. Absolutely, go get them on that front. But if you're not simultaneously educating the American public about what's going on because the media isn't doing it, you just look like a vindictive a-hole. You actually end up getting more sympathy for the Democrats because the way you do it willy-nilly, haphazardly, there's a Democrat, go get them, will end up getting more sympathy for Democrats, even the guilty ones. It'll get more sympathy for Democrats. Is that, I, mean, I don't know, maybe that's what you want. Maybe you think that's on brand. Maybe you think that's a good way to go. I don't know, but it's not. It's not. You have to deal with the reality of the situation on the ground and the reality of the situation in the media. Even justified charges brought against Democrats of corruption that you can prove will be argued as, oh, this is unfair and racist or sexist or homophobic or whatever the hell they come up with it doesn't matter they'll spew it so you don't just go in haphazardly like a bull in a china shop and charge everybody get everybody hit everybody let's arrest everybody kill them all and let god sort them out that's wildly it sounds great it fits on a bumper sticker nicely it's wildly stupid counterproductive but it sure will get you a lot of attention and probably booked on cable news because that's the level of discourse of cable news. God, it's so sad what cable news has become and the people they choose to elevate. Okay, so just for the people out there <clears throat> who are thinking, well, Donald Trump can't win or Donald Trump can't lose and whatever it is, I just want to, you have to remember how Donald Trump won in 2016. Donald Trump won in 2016 by A, being Donald Trump, 
It was new. It was fresh in the political world. Nobody had ever seen anything like it before. People, I watched most of those rallies with my mouth open. Oh my God, this is hilarious. This is uh, finally somebody's doing this. That was new then. He doesn't have that new car smell anymore. We're eight years on now. Uh, so it is not the same. You can look, David Copperfield or uh, who's that street magician guy? I'm trying to think. David Blaine. David Blaine does some really cool, amazing stuff. But if he only did all the cool, amazing stuff that he's already done and been doing for years, nobody would give a damn. Nobody would. It's like the same old, same old, same old. Penn and Teller. Love Penn and Teller. But if you watched a Penn and Teller appearance on The Tonight Show from the 80s or 90s, and then you watched a Penn and Teller appearance today, and it was the same thing, and they'd come up with nothing new. They hadn't changed, evolved, or anything at all. You'd go. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend money to go see Penn and Teller. That's the way a lot of people view Donald Trump in 2023. Is he still that guy in 2015 riding down the escalator? To some people, that's enough. To other people, they did want to see the evolution in. Hey, I, he said he could become presidential, be presidential whenever he needed to. A lot of people are waiting to see that and still haven't seen it, that sort of thing. So you turn off people. While we vote on principles and on issues, there is a percentage, however small in this country, who does not. They are sadly the deciders. It is Elections are decided by 3 to 5% of the population in various states, independents, unaffiliated, uninterested, uninformed, whatever, the low information voter, they are there and they will go with whatever shiny object or, you know, if somebody lies to them and they hadn't been lied to them by that person before, they might believe them. And somebody lies to them and they've lied to them before, they might believe them still. It doesn't matter. Or somebody tells them the truth and they might find it appealing. Whatever it is, you have to appeal to those people. Having the choir is important, but you've got the choir. You've got to expand the choir. And part of the reason, and I would say a major part of the reason, I would say the deciding factor. I mean, every he, Donald Trump doesn't win in 2016 without every piece of the coalition that he cobbled together to, to win. So every piece is as important because he, he got in there just by a little bit. But his, his dedicated voters... We're going to be with him come hell or high water. Republican voters are going to be with him come hell or high water. It's the people who looked at the other side and saw Hillary Clinton. Said, I don't like Donald Trump, but I have 30 years of not liking Hillary Clinton. I have 30 or 25 years or whatever the hell it was of not liking Hillary Clinton. I have... 25 years of knowledge about that person, the total and complete corruption of that person and that family. I want nothing to do with that. And I will, I don't want Donald Trump. I don't like Donald Trump. It wasn't my choice, but damn it, I will not have her. I will vote against her. While everybody is assuming that she was going to win, by the way, because all the polls had her winning rather easily, like I want 
they record. I want to be able to look my children in the face and go, at least I did everything I could to oppose Hillary Clinton. And lo and behold, enough people did that that it mattered, that it changed things. <laughs> Hillary didn't go to Wisconsin and Trump won Wisconsin. Trump won Michigan. All of these states were like, what the hell is going on? Everybody remembers that feeling from 2016 on election night. By 2020, that was gone. Joe Biden, for all the problems with Joe Biden, and Lord knows there are a lot of corrupt problems with Joe Biden, is not Hillary Clinton. You could maybe make him into Hillary Clinton to a certain extent. But again, that goes to the, you need to get your ass on television right now. You need to be running ads, educating the people about the Biden family corruption and just asking questions. Why are Chinese communist governments sending $3 million to, to the Biden family? You can't exaggerate. You can't lie about it. You can't engage in hyperbole. You have to just ask questions. Hey, here are all these money transfers from Chinese communists right into the Biden family money it, bank accounts. Why do you think that is? We'd like to know. And you just leave it hanging out there. If you make declarations like he's selling U.S. foreign policy, this is obvious corruption, you, then they will look at the ad and go, we're not going to run this. This is this is lie. This is misinformation, whatever. But if you just say, here are the facts. This happened. And then you ask the question, why? How? Whatever. What was this money for? What were they? You got to plant that seed of corruption. Then you have a chance. Then you have a real chance of making 2020 a lot like 26 or 2024 a lot like 2016, except you're running against an incumbent. You also do put pressure, a little bit of pressure, on some of the media to look into these things. If you get enough groundswell support, if you remember the Kermit Gosnell murder case up in Philadelphia. The media wasn't covering it. Perhaps the most prolific serial killer in all of American history. The most prolific serial killer in all of American history. And it didn't rate. It wasn't being covered. The uh, Washington Somebody asked the Washington Post reporter about it, and she famously said, well, it's a local crime story. Not a local crime story, because anything that fits the liberal narrative was immediately covered by the Washington Post. And example after example was pointed out to this reporter that, like, well, why is, wasn't this a local crime story? Why wasn't this a local crime story? And eventually they were forced to cover the Kermit Gosnell murder trial. They did so in a piss-poor way, but they eventually did so. That sort of shame and pressure can be brought to bear with the properly run properly executed ad campaign. I don't know. I don't know if anybody associated with the Trump campaign or the Republican National Committee could actually do that if they'd have the wherewithal to do that. They tend to political parties, political campaigns, they tend to preach to the choir. They tend to think that if they just get their base to show up, that doesn't matter. 
Well, Democrats are going to cheat in the election. You need more than your base. You need to win by in so much that they can't cheat to win. And in order to do that, you've got to reach out to the people you don't reach out to normally. And you sure, and you got to educate them. And the media sure as hell isn't going to do that. So, yeah, 2024 could be very similar to 2016 if they run and play their game right. Otherwise, it'll be a lot like 2020, 2020. You got to make it about Joe Biden, not about Donald Trump. Because 2020 was all about Donald Trump. And how did that work out? 2016 was all about Hillary Clinton. And people recoiled at her. Make Joe into as close as Hillary as you can. And then you stand a chance to win. God knows we need to. If you're sitting there wondering why it is that Democrats are not unpopular or as unpopular as they should be, do yourself a favor, especially on a day like today, where you're watching, I suspect if you're watching news, you're watching Newsmax, you're watching Fox News, flip to MSNBC. Bypass CNN. CNN is is a joke. It's just it's so inconsequential. Honestly, you you have tweets that have a broader reach and, and larger appeal than CNN does. You have gaseous emissions and elevators that are are more popular than CNN is. But MSNBC has an audience, a devoted audience. And as devoted as you are to whatever candidate cause, whatever it is, there is somebody who is just as devoted, if not more so, to the exact opposite. For whatever whatever reason, the reason doesn't matter. The motivation behind a vote doesn't matter. The vote counts. They don't go, well, this one really, really means it, so we'll give them three votes. It's not how it works. And take a look and see how the other half is viewing things. On a day like today in particular, it is wildly important. And if if you are listening to this and you're an MSNBC viewer, flip over to Fox. Check it out. You will see, it's like bizarro world. You will see into, through the looking glass, you will see a world that you don't recognize. You will see a world that you don't recognize, and you will have these thoughts. I promise you, your thoughts will be, well, how do these people, these people are so ill-informed. These people, they don't know. These people, can they be this, who believes this stuff? It will be infuriating to you. It'll be confusing to you. If you haven't flipped it on for a while, or maybe you've never flipped it on, you will be sitting there scratching your head going, what the hell, who buys this crap? Recognize that they think the same thing about you. They think the exact same thing, the exact same way about you. Now, you have to ask yourself one of two things. Well, you have to ask yourself a question, really. How are they so wrong? Or is it that I'm not getting the whole story. Where does the truth lie? Because the tempting thing will be to say, well, I've got the truth and they don't. 
More often than not, the truth lies somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. More so to one side than the other, and I would argue more so towards the conservative side than the liberal side on most issues. But everyone, yeah, you look at it and you just go, okay. Somebody's not telling you the whole truth. Now, you never really got the whole truth, but at least you'll see how the other half is viewing it. And you sit there and you go, I am absolutely committed. And everybody, I don't become Pauline Kael. Pauline Kael was a film critic for the New York Times back in the 70s. Very famous. She's a longtime famous film critic. And she famously, well, she's attributed with saying, she probably didn't say it. She said something to the, the effect of, uh, after the 1972 election. I don't know how Richard Nixon won. I don't know anybody who voted for him. Yeah, you can create that kind of a world. And if you want to live in that kind of a world where you don't know anybody who disagrees with you, that's fine. It's your life, and I don't blame you. It's not the most fun to be around. My liberal friends, we are friends because of other things other than politics. So when it comes to politics, we simply don't... We've acknowledged over the years, especially my one friend from high school, it's like, we're not going to agree. We're not going to agree, ever. And we're not going to convince the other one, ever, on anything. And because we've known each other for so long, even if they were able to convince me to give them a point or them me to convince them to give them a point, we're not going to. Because I've just known you too long to hell with you. That kind of obstinance that comes with long-term friendship. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. So it's it's tempting to just go, I only want to hear, I'm only going to surround myself with people I agree with. But don't ever for a second believe that that's an accurate reflection of the world. You watch MSNBC for an hour and the people, and know that the people watching MSNBC with you for that hour, not in your room, but in the, the country, they believe it. It's gospel to them. Rachel Maddow would never lie. She is perhaps the last truth teller on the face of the earth. She's full of crap. She is. She's terrible. They think she's an absolute genius because she filled out the application for a rogue scholarship and they pulled her name out of a hat. When you sit there and you know a thing or two that they don't want you to know and you look at this and you go, she's, she just cut that clip right before what the person was saying changed. She, she took that out of context. You realize she's, you can't say she's an idiot. She's a, a genius at manipulation. You can say that Joseph Goebbels was evil because Joseph Goebbels was evil, but you can't say he was dumb. He used his intelligence in a corrupt way. Propagandists do that. That's what you're getting when you watch MSNBC. And that's what they think you're getting when you watch Fox, when they watch Fox, if they don't really watch Fox. But you get the idea. It's important to recognize so that you sit there and you go, well, there's no way that this time so-and-so is going to lose. There's no way. You could sit there and watch John Fetterman in that debate with Dr. Oz and think, you know, I wouldn't be excited about voting for Dr. Oz, but there's no way on God's green earth I'd ever vote for a guy who can't string together a coherent sentence, whose first words of a debate were, hello, good night, or whatever it was. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where he is. And then you realize that John Fetterman beat Dr. Oz. John Fetterman beat Dr. Oz by a lot. 
A, because the majority media, the majority of media, lied about John Fetterman. Even after the debate, you could take that debate, that hour-long debate, and cut up. You could show mostly Dr. Oz clips. You could show clips of John Fetterman speaking when he was semi-coherent. You could take that. Most people didn't watch the debate. They watched the coverage of the debate. You can manipulate people into believing damn near anything. You recognize that, and that's why you occasionally need to watch the other side, because then you see how the manipulation works, how it happens and how it works. You don't fall for it, but you recognize this is, this is why these people are so wildly misinformed. You get it. Then you have to realize what you're up against, that no matter how much you love a candidate, no matter how much you believe in a cause, you have to understand the scope and scale of what you're up against. And I hear it, I get the emails. Derek, Fox News is the most popular. It's the most, uh, the biggest, most popular thing. More viewers than ESPN, blah, blah. Okay, great. Yeah, right. Tonight, they'll probably get upwards of 4 million viewers. But on average, they get two. On a good day, they get three. On a really breaking news day, they can get as high as five. There are 330 million people in this country. On an average day, less than 1% of the population is getting information from Fox News. And you say, well, MSNBC is less. Yes, MSNBC is less. Those people are also motivated. They're taken to the streets. They're getting involved just like you are. So, okay, it's fewer people. But then you've got to add in CNN. Oh, well, if you add the two together, yeah, if you add the two together, you absolutely still end up with fewer than Fox. And then you look at the nightly newscasts and you got 20 million people collectively on those three nightly newscasts. Wait a second. Now suddenly Fox isn't so big. You add in the million and a half from cable news, upwards of 2 million from CNN and MSNBC to the 20 million from the nightly newscasts and you suddenly have dwarfed Fox. Now there's nothing more to add to Fox. You can say Newsmax, but Newsmax... On a good night, it'll get 300,000. Not a whole lot, but fine. Throw them in with Fox. It's still dwarfed by then. Then you add in the local newscasts. Millions upon millions of people who would never watch a nightly newscast want to know what's going on in their city, in their neighborhood, in their state. And so they'll watch the local news. When the local news touches on the national news, they pull from the networks. They pull that same biased reporting. So again, you're getting to somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 or 50 million people versus 3 million people. And you can say, well, information is, the newspapers are going the way of the dodo. They're still out there. They're still read. News websites are still read. They're still shared on social media. People are getting their information from those sources or from people in conversations with people who have those as sources. If you've got an army of 40 to 50 million people to go out there and have conversations, even if they're not activists actively trying to convert people, but they're just making conversation with people, they're going to infect with liberal propaganda a hell of a lot more people than 3 million people on a good night will be able to counteract. You begin to see the scope and the scale of what we're up against. So if you sit there and you say, I can't fathom how 
anybody could vote for a Democrat. I can't either. From a rational standpoint, I look at this and I go, how the hell could anybody vote for these people? You also have to know that people do. People do in mass. That's why I recommend flip over to MSNBC. Take it for as long as you can. Make it like bench pressing, right? Bench pressing, you start off and you can't bench press very much, but if you stick to it, you'll be able to add more weight to it. And add more, so every night, just flip over there and maybe you can take it for two minutes and then you have to turn it off. But maybe the next time you get a little more uh, intestinal fortitude, you can, you can watch it for three minutes, four minutes. Watch it. Not because it's, there's the truth. There's going to be very little truth over there. They'll get the names right. They'll get the locations correct most of the time. But so you can be more effective at knowing what you're up against. Because you really, if you're not watching it, you have no idea. You can guess, you can estimate, but you really have no idea what you're up against. Because when you see the real thing, it is way crazier than you could ever possibly imagine. And you begin to realize just how steep the hill we have to climb is and what we're up against is. You begin to realize that the love of a candidate, the love of a party or a cause or whatever, means nothing in the grand scheme of things. A vote cast for out of complete and total dedication to a candidate counts only once. So does uh, just like a vote cast out of hate or out of indifference. There's uh, some other things going on I want to touch on. Of course, I told you yesterday about Budweiser, Bud Light, going along with Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, Dylan Mulvaney, making more than, can you imagine? million dollars more or more a year to just uh, tuck it back, wear a dress. Only when you film, by the way. Bet you this dude is out at the mall putting on a baseball hat, hiding, going, I don't want to dress up. I don't feel like dressing up today. Going out and doing stuff. But Dylan Mulvaney, the new face of Bud Light. (laughs) You sit there and you go, I want to commit corporate suicide. And you go, okay, how can we do that? Here's how we do it. We uh, we see our customer base, see them. What we need to do is send them all a steaming pile of dog dirt. And that'll be great. That's the way to do it. That's, okay, yeah, no, that's great. Let's find a way to insult our entire fan base. And that's exactly what they did. They, uh, they, they insulted their entire fan base, not only by by partnering up with a transvestite, but uh, saying, hey, uh, I don't know this sports business, whatever, sports schmortz, meh. Okay, that's it. You, you, Bud Light was the official swill, bum sweat of sports. You can't really go to a venue for sports and get anything other than that kind of crap, can you? I don't know. But now they're, when it's pointed out that it's not... Uh, it's an insult to the people who actually like their stuff when you've got this uh, faker, cross-dressing person making a face like it's, they just took a, their first hit of alcohol when they drink the beer. Going, yeah, that's good job. Nice brand placement. 
Nice brand. Now they're standing by it. The Washington or the New York Post. Anheuser-Busch defended his decision to enlist trans activist and influencer Dylan Mulvaney as a Bud Light brand influencer Monday in the face of growing backlash from critics. Mulvaney, a TikTok star with more than 10 million followers, posted a video, blah, 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 win $15,000. In the Instagram footage, the content creator is dressed like Audrey Hepburn's character in Breakfast at Tiffany's as he, they call it she, Oh, New York Post, Fox are so conservative, they're right wing. No, they play the pronoun game. They play the, oh, they're migrants. They're just migrants. No, they're illegal aliens. No, 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 these these migrants along the southern border. Migrants migrate. Migrants temporarily go places. These people ain't leaving until their asses are thrown out. But, yeah, that's Fox. And I celebrated uh, 365 days of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me the best gift ever. A can with my face on it. A can like the toilet, because that's where you belong, Dylan. And another video featured the activist drinking a can of beer in his bathtub as part of the campaign. Conservatives jumped quickly on the campaign and slammed the company's decision with to partner with a child sex groomer they don't say that because there is no honesty in journalism and remember even conservative media isn't really conservative and they're not really on your side i was talking to my wife last night because i was watching conservative media and i was disgusted by it where they're like oh here's the problem like okay you've defined the problem well that's good that's good that's good and then you brought on uh this podcaster to talk about it okay that she has no expertise in anything other than victimhood and complaining. But congratulations. Really? You've got access to lawyers, legal minds, lawmakers, and you choose this person. I'm not going to name the person because whatever show you're thinking of and whatever person you think I'm talking about, you're right. It doesn't matter. It's universal. Just pathetic. And my wife's like, well, it's okay, this is a bit pathetic. This is a bit bad. And it is. It's wildly pathetic. So you sit there and you go, well, conservative. When Roger Ailes was alive and running Fox, without condoning what Roger Ailes was apparently doing behind the scenes, Fox had a purpose. Fox had a, they were conveying information. They were doing news. They had standards. You had to get a newsmaker. You had to get somebody directly involved in the story. You had to get as close to the story as you possibly could to have, to be a guest on there. They're not just going to put some idiot on there because they say incendiary things on social media. Now you say incendiary things on social media and you get booked on Fox. Sadly. My wife used to work there when you had to track down newsmakers. And you're like, oh, man, you got to actually get somebody involved. You had to get somebody who knows what they're talking about. Now you just got to get somebody who's willing to wear a low-cut dress or be snarky. It's pathetic. It's sad. But uh, not anymore. You don't have to worry about any of that crap anymore. So you have the... uh, Anheuser-Busch said, however, Anheuser-Busch said the cans with Mulvaney's face on it were a personal gift to him and that he is one of hundreds of influencers the company has partnered with. It doesn't make it right. Yeah, we there's a child groomer that we partnered with, but we've partnered with lots of people. Are lo- lots of child groomers? Lots of, no, 
says it's the grooming part. That's the problem. Quote, Anheuser-Busch works with hundreds of influencers across our brands as one of many ways to authentically connect with audiences across various demographics and passion points, a spokesperson told uh, Fox News. From time to time, we produce unique commemorative cans for fans and brand influencers like Dylan Mulvaney. This commemorative can was a gift to celebrate a personal milestone and is not for sale to the genital pub or sorry, general public. Okay. So you want to authentically connect with child groomers? Is that it? various demographics and so is Bud Light? You know, Budweiser's the king of beers. Bud Light the uh, drag queen of beers. I mean, it is a lot like a drag queen. It's not really what it advertises to be. It says it's beer, but it's water. It's swill, but it is pathetic. It is sad what this has become. So Kid Rock. In response to this, posted a video on social media of himself. Now, there are two beeps in here. I suspect you are smart enough to know what words are covered up by the beeps. But Kid is, uh, Rob Ritchie is standing in his property, I believe in Tennessee. He has an automatic weapon with him for which he is presumably licensed or else the ATF would have already kicked in his door. And uh, on his private property and in the background, he's got cases of Bud Light stacked up. I assume they're cases of Bud Light that he had purchased previously. And this happened. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Bud Light and fuck Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. <laughs> that is a center. See, Kid Rock, think what you will of Bud Light. The average drinker of Bud Light is kind of that blue-collar kind of guy who just wants to come home, kick off their boots, and, and crack a beer. On the weekends, they want to crack a beer, watch the game, whatever. Average guy. Not putting on a dress, pulling it as far back as possible. And pretending to be something you aren't. And Budweiser doesn't seem to, Anheuser-Busch doesn't seem to understand this or they prefer to simply take a dump right in the face of this. And you're sitting there and you're wondering, who are, what are these? Uh, it's Bud Light. If I stop buying Bud Light, I'm going to buy Budweiser. Well, that doesn't really work. You buy, here are the brands, just in case you're interested. I also, I'm done with them. I have a couple of these in the garage. I'm not going to pour them out. I will drink them. But a couple of these different brands. But I'm not going to buy any more ever. I'm just done with them. And that's really, you sit there and you watch. I'm not into it. We're not going to tell you to boycott conservatives. We don't boycott. This is why you lose. This is why we lose. I'm not going to tell people what to do. Don't. If you are opposed to the grooming of children, if you are opposed to the sexual mutilation of children, the striptease in front of children, if, then you've got to look at this stuff and go, I'm not going to participate in it. I'm not going to fund it. Walmart is a sponsor. Kate Spade purses, KitchenAid, 
Fine. You buy these things. You can buy a KitchenAid used. All right. You can buy buy it used. They don't get any money from it. You're dropping three, four hundred dollars on a mixer, then you're funding this perversion. But the other beers, just so you know, that are owned by Anheuser Busch, it's Budweiser, Bud Light, Kona Brewing Company, K O N A. I don't know what the hell that is. They got a lizard on their label. Michelob Ultra, I assume all of Michelob, Stella Artois, Estrella, I don't know what that is, Bush Beer, Natural Light. So basically, they just bottle all of the uh, the bum sweat they can. Landshark, Presidente, Hogarden, and Shock Top. And then you go, well, I buy the small craft beers. Well, they're... Anheuser-Busch is a massive corporation. They're in there, too, just so you know. Ten Barrel Brewing, Appalachian Mountain Brewing, Blue Point Brewing, uh, Breckenridge Brewing, Cisco Brewing, Devil's Backbone Brewing, Elysian Brewing, Four Peaks Brewing, Golden Road Brewing, Goose Island. I had a friend who loved Goose Island. Carbach Brewing. Balanced Omission Brewing, or Omission Balanced, whatever the hell that is, Platform Brewing, Red Hook, Square Mile, Veza Sur, Nurture Cider, Wicked Weed Brewing, Widmer Brothers Brewing, and Winwood Brewing. And you go, congratulations. And then it's Beyond Beer. I don't know what, I assume these are like citruses or whatever. Babe, Cutwater, Highball, Energy, Neutral, and Ritas. All of those. If you are at all interested in making it clear that you do not support the idea of children being sexually mutilated and you are not going to support a beer brand that does, that indulges this and pays this person a ton of money in the name of diversity and celebration, then you can't go, I'm not going to buy Bud Light anymore. I'm going to buy Natural Light it goes into the same pocket. Just so you know, the decision is yours. I would recommend that you not. At least until they get a statement that is beyond a, hey, man, we're just celebrating diverse communities. No, you're not. You're polluting minds. You're paying for the polluting of minds. You want to pull back from that? We can talk. Until then, you can go to hell. I mean that in the nicest possible way. By the way, I'm not one of those guys who's going to tell you to go go to your fridge and dump out all your Bud Light. Don't do that. It, it always drives me nuts when I see conservatives going, well, this is ridiculous. And I, this company did this, and I'm going to go dump out there. I'm going to hear a video of me smashing all of my whatevers. Okay, but the, now what? It, the left does it, too. Oh, J.K. Rowling said something about... Women being women, this is an outrage. I've never heard such things in my life, except for, you know, for your whole life. But, oh, it's a horrible thing. And they they go and they, they, they film themselves burning their Harry Potter books without any sense of irony, by the way. Burning their Harry Potter books. And it's like, when your kids get older, you're going to have to rebuy those. All right? You're going to have to re- rebuy those. You want to smash your going back old school. You want to smash your Dixie Chick CDs. Go ahead. Rip them first so you can put, you know, you can at least have the MP3s. But don't, a lot of people do this stuff. They go, I'm throwing this stuff away. I can't believe, I'll never, how dare anybody, they'll never get another 
And then time passes, and they end up buying the stuff again because they need to. Like, oh, I really wanted that thing. so, And they forgot why they were angry. So don't. And you see this when, when Ray Rice was uh, the surveillance footage was released of Ray Rice's incident. A lot of people were burning and throwing away their jerseys and everything. And they're like, I'll show you NFL. Donate that stuff, right? First of all, it's a shirt. It's a shirt is a shirt. doesn't mean you support anything. If you're not going to wear it, and I don't blame you for not wanting to wear it, don't, donate it. Your Nikes. Nikes terrible. Uh, look at me. I'm setting my Nikes on fire. Don't set your Nikes on fire. Donate them. Are people more likely to buy Nikes, to buy expensive Nikes? If they When you sit there and you go, they're giving Colin Kaepernick $10 million to be a racist. The people most likely to buy new Nikes, Nikes in general, are people who are more susceptible to that message. They're on the lower income end. They're a status symbol. They're a way to... So, like, I humble brag. Look, I've got these expensive shoes. Yeah, you you got peanut butter and jelly. Nothing wrong with peanut butter and jelly. But you get peanut butter and jelly for lunch. You're broke. Your pants have holes in them and not deliberate holes. But you got nice shoes. Hell, I was that kid myself. But you sit there and you go, if you donate it, then you can actually have a little bit of an impact, nominal as it is, on the company itself. Why? Because you bought the shoes. You bought the jersey. You bought the beer. They've already got your money. Right? They got your money. You dump it out. You set it on fire. You don't get a check in the mail the following week going, here's here's the money back. It's not how it works. So it's a little bit ridiculous to do that. Donate it. And then other people, when the fervor fervor dies down, they'll be at the thrift store and they go, ooh, look, a jersey, or ooh, look, a pair of Nikes. They wouldn't give a damn. They couldn't care less. Instead of them dropping 150 bucks on Nikes, they can buy Nikes for 20 bucks at the Salvation Army or the Goodwill. And guess what? Nike doesn't get a cut of that. So you've prevented somebody... From and prevented is the wrong word, but you it's it works. You've prevented somebody from dropping money on Nikes or Bud. No, I guess you can't donate Budweiser to resale, but you've prevented somebody from buying Nikes that otherwise would have that would have actually put money into the pocket into the corporate coffers of Nike. By doing that, you've you've then damaged the company a little bit you've shown you've registered your protest you've had some efficacy that's why i say don't don't pour out your beer drink it if it makes you feel better pour it into a glass and drink it that way so the world can't see you or get a beer koozie or whatever but drink it because especially i mean given how much anheuser-busch i i can't believe that even on their website that list of the uh brands that they own at least a piece of or that's the brands they own outright they probably own a piece of a lot of other ones i can't imagine that's extensive so drink what you got already um this is nasa announced the names of the crew they're going back to the moon in a year or two allegedly we'll see if that works 
But rather than focus on the fact that we haven't been to the moon since 1972, rather than just celebrate the fact that we, the United States, are going to go back to the moon, etc., etc., they're focusing on the insignificant crap. New York Times. NASA names diverse astronaut crew for Artemis II moon mission. Diverse. Ooh, there you go. Not the best. They picked the differentest, looks-wise. Now, they're probably among the best, but are they the best? That little bit of doubt has to hang over there because they were picked because of their diversity. The story. For the first time in more than half a century, NASA has named a crew of astronauts headed to the moon. Humans have not ventured more than a few hundred miles off the planet since the return of Apollo 17, NASA's last moon mission in 1972. After Artemis's experience on the moon, NASA hopes to start a path to putting humans on Mars, while scientists expect to use what is found there to answer questions about how the solar system was formed. Blah, blah, blah. Astronauts in 2023 are much different from those when the United States was in a race to beat the Soviet Union to the moon. During the Apollo program, 24 astronauts flew to the moon and 12 of them stepped on the surface. All of them were Americans. All of them were white men, many of whom were test pilots, which is why they were chosen, because, you know, strapping yourself up to a rocket back in the 60s, there's a pretty good chance you're going to blow up. This time, the astronaut corps reflects a much wider swath of society. They are Reed Weissman, the mission's commander, Victor Glover, the pilot, Christina Koch, mission specialist, and Jeremy Hansen, also a mission specialist. The first three are NASA astronauts, while Mr. Hansen is a member of the Canadian Space Agency. Hope we're charging Canada through the nose. Quote, we're selecting astronauts back then. We intended to select the same person, just multiple copies, said Mr. Glover. (laughs) Miss Coke will be the first woman to venture beyond low Earth orbit. And Mr. Hansen, a Canadian, is the first non-American to travel that far. Oh, okay. And one of them's a black guy. I don't know which one. It doesn't matter. Who cares? They're going to the freaking... I think Victor Glover might be black, too. They're going to the moon. Isn't that accomplishment enough? But no, we've got to celebrate their diversity. Not their accom- If you celebrate accomplishments, you might make somebody feel bad. But if you celebrate diversity, then people who've done nothing and probably never will, if they celebrate the insignificant, will be able to feel good about themselves. Somebody like me, who looks like me, who has the kind of sex that I have, went to the moon. Congratulations. The only problem was they came back and they didn't take you with them and leave you there it's so pathetic the priorities of the left are perverse and just plain old gross so uh, we go from kid rock shooting up beer to chuck todd shooting up the truth it's really funny when you look i love exposing hypocrisy it's one of my most favoritest things to do ever And it's really easy to do with a lot of left-wingers, a lot of people in media. It's just pretty simple. They they do it right there out in the open. They're not used to being called out for it. And they do it so often and do it amongst each other so frequently and so freely that they're unaware of the fact that it's hypocrisy, just completely unaware of it. But in Sunday's Meet the Press... 
the uh, I think it was the Media Research Center spotted this one. In the beginning, you'll hear the do 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 violin string the string section whatever it is very earnestly doing the meet the press music under the background as Chuck Todd sets it up and he's blasting Republicans. Republicans are protesting. They're mad about these charges against Donald Trump and they don't even know what the charges are. But they're mad. They're mad, mad, mad. And you're mad about Republicans not knowing the specific charges that Donald Trump is going to be, has been indicted on. Okay. Okay. I guess, I mean, if that's what you're mad at, that's what you're mad. It seems a little weird to be mad at that, but okay. You're mad that they're speculating that he's being, because maybe, maybe in the course of the Stormy Daniels investigation and the accounting books they found a couple of dead bodies that's kind of what chuck todd is implying here they might have found you know jimmy hoffa sitting there and it turns out that donald trump back in the early 70s killed jimmy hoffa and that's what he's really charged with so all you people saying this is a bogus accounting issue that's ridiculous it's really a murder case that's essentially that's the gist of what chuck isn't taking it to that point i'm illustrating the absurdity of it but that's what Chuck is upset about. The Republicans are saying stuff about a case they don't really know anything about. So that's the first clip here. Many of Trump's potential primary rivals rallies to his defense before knowing the specifics of the actual criminal charges he faces. They're rallying to his defense without knowing the specifics. And you believe these idiots rallying to his defense without knowing the specifics of it. I mean, just on its face, it's absurd. The media, the left, the Chuck Todds of the world have rallied to Joe Biden's defense against allegations that he was taking money from corrupt foreign governments trying to influence him, trying to influence him through his children. And they don't know any of the specifics. They rally to his defense all the time. Nevertheless, we don't even have to step outside of the Trump case to find the hypocrisy. In fact, we don't even have to step outside of that particular episode of Meet the Press. Later on in that, he has a former federal prosecutor on. And this is a little montage, two different times when when Chuck Todd is clearly, he's asking very specific questions about this case. And the guy doesn't know. And the guy, to his credit, you'll probably never see him again on Meet the Press, to his credit says, I, I, don't, I don't know the specifics of this case. I can't comment. I don't know the specifics of this case. That didn't stop Chuck Todd, though. Chuck, Chuck wants to get to the... Republicans are wrong, and how dare they? For not, they're out there mad about something, and they don't even know the specifics of it. And then Chuck Todd tries to go in and wildly speculate about the specifics of it, but on the other side. And he's cool with that. The Associated Press is reporting of at least one felony charge. Do you expect this to be um, more than that? that? That I don't know, Chuck. Is there any doubt in your mind that this case is airtight? I do not know if this guy's case is airtight. <laughs> I love it. Republicans are protesting. They don't even know what's going on in this case. You have any doubt in your mind that this case is airtight? How the hell would I know that the case is airtight, Chuck? 
Any doubt in my any doubt in my mind that this case is I don't know the first damn thing about this case, Chuck. You don't know the first damn case thing about this case. Why are you asking me? Is it an airtight case? Are you an idiot? Have you recently suffered a closed head injury? Is there something wrong with you? Knock three times on the desk if you currently feel as though you're having a stroke. Honest to God, how these people live with themselves. Republicans are speculating wildly about these charges. And they're protesting them. How dare they? It's just what's wrong in politics today. But uh, let's talk about these charges that we know nothing about. Should Donald Trump be thrown away and have, uh, locked up and have the key thrown away? Isn't that what we should be doing? I mean, you can do that when your wife is a very highly paid campaign consultant and activist for progressive causes, being so radical that Chuck Todd's wife actually works for Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders a lot. She's contra- That's how far left Chuck Todd's wife is. And you can sit there and go, those damned Republicans, those damned Republicans, what with their not knowing what they're protesting, but protesting nonetheless. Lastly, or not lastly, next we go to uh, Germany. Deutschland über alles. Ja, sehr gut sein. Germany, like I say, the left is, we had the story about New Zealand yesterday. The left is, the left is the left everywhere. They are pushing for these things, these insanity things, these butchering of children globally. They have all embraced the trans agenda. They bow down to it. They think that they can get mileage out of it. The second they can't, they'll discard it. They don't honestly care. But uh, until they ride it into the ground, they're going to keep riding it. They're going to keep on keeping on. They're going to keep on trucking. And over in Germany, the same thing. Now in Berlin, trans women, or I don't know, dudes who are delusional with gender dysphoria who think they're women, they can now play soccer, semi-pro, organized, maybe even professional soccer, who the hell knows, on whichever team they want. They get to pick. They get to pick. And here's one of the transvestite players, a man who, the only thing that makes you think he's is trans is he's got a little bit of pink eyeshadow on. Otherwise, the guy looks like a linebacker. But uh, he's out there. And he's super proud of the fact that now he can go out there and shove around women because, I don't know, he's got mommy issues, I'd guess. Hi, my name is Charlotte, and I love to play football for DFC Kreuzberg. I used to play for a male team. After I took hormones, my body started to change, like, really fast. The Berlin officials, they announced a new rule that trans people are allowed to play in whatever team they want, they can choose. That new rule was just totally necessary. It was like a big gray box. No one knew where to put us. So now we know that we can decide. Now we know that we can decide where we dance on sprockets. This is where we dance. This is the fun that we have. I can wear my lederhose and or I can wear the skirt. It doesn't matter at all. It's wonderful. The guy does really look like a linebacker. 
and uh, is knocking around the girls, and it's kind of like almost a, a little bit more hip checking, and it would be an SNL skit back when SNL was funny. Or like, remember the Peyton Manning episode where Peyton Manning's playing football with the little kids, and he's like drilling these kids with hard passes, knocking them down, screaming and yelling at them. And you could easily, just a little more hip check, make that report into that skit. He's way bigger. He's way bigger. We get to choose for ourselves. Why do you get to choose for yourselves? How fair is that? If you're, if trans women are women, if trans women are women, then shouldn't the rule be, if you're going to embrace that crap, shouldn't the rule be you can't, trans women can't play with men. You can't play with men because it's a men's league. And if trans women are women, even though you're a dude, prostate, penis, the whole shebang, uh, you still have ladies. Ladies don't have to wear a cup, but you have to. But even if you have to wear a cup, you're a woman, then you shouldn't be able to play with the men because it's a men's league, right? It shouldn't be up to you. You don't get to choose. It's not a coin toss. Or so we're told, right? That's what we're told. We're, they insist this is this is not a choice that a mother would make, but the choice is ours to make. What do you mean? Wait a second. Do you understand there's a disconnect between those two things? No, you don't. You're not that self-aware. So then they go to a German feminist. <laughs> it's kind of, we go from the linebacker to a woman to get the opinion, the opposite opinion. The opinions that soon, sh soon shall be not allowed to be held in Deutschland. My name is Anna. I am the founder of a feminist group based in Germany. <laughs> I think is the beginning of the end of the female athlete. There is a clear difference between female body and a male body. Of course, we are not going to say, no, you cannot feel this way. But in the reality, we are playing with our bodies and not with how we feel. <laughs> yeah. That's, see the difference there? One sounds perfectly rational and the other one is, I, now I know it's a gray area. I can check whatever box I want. And I am here to pump you up, okay? <laughs> As a woman, I can tell you it's very satisfying to score a goal. I love chest bumping the women because they go flying in the other direction. <laughs> Meanwhile, in in other related victimhood, and this is this is the polluted mind of the left. I love that some some women. By the way, remember it was, what, uh, 20 seconds ago where they're like, believe all women. We must listen to women. We must listen to the voices of women. Women are important. Women, 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 women. Bow down to women. Well, now there's a whole group of women who are actually lefties. They're, they're allies on the left with the progressive agenda. They're down with the cause who are all sitting there going, this is not right. This we fought for women's rights. We fought for women's equality, and now we've got. And now you're going. Nope, men are going to come in and take it over. Men are going to come in and take it over. We're all screwed. Everything you fought for will be not not gone. It'll just be celebrated by men. You know, Rachel Levine. Yeah, that I'm Admiral Rachel Levine. I'm a sexy, beautiful woman. Yeah, no, you're not. Let me clear my Adam's apple. <laughs> Men make the best women. The only way that women can outwin... Because men are women winning Women of the Year Award all around the world. all Certainly around this country, too. 
The only way, in fact, that women, real women, can win awards is not to be strong. There was a time when, like, you're a strong woman. You're a strong businesswoman. You're a strong woman in music. You're whatever you are. You're a hero. You're a role model to women. Now, in order to get an award to a biological woman, they had to give it to her, give it to a victim, a professional victim. And they dusted off the patron saint of feminism to do it. New York Post has the story. She still got that Markle sparkle. Meghan Markle, yes, married to Prince Harry, is set to be awarded the 2023 Woman of Vision Award next month. And it will be presented to her by none other than Gloria Steinem. They're dusting off Gloria Steinem to come out there and award a woman an award set aside for women because otherwise men win all the women awards. <laughs> so what is Meghan Markle's big accomplishment? Well, she's a victim. She's a horrible, horrible, I'm a victim of racism. I'm a victim of sexism. I'm a victim of sexy racism. I'm a victim of this. I'm a vi- No, you're a victim of genetics that caused your brain to not fully develop. That's why you're an actress. And uh, now you're just a martyr for the cause, but you're smart enough to be able to manipulate uh, somebody who is not all that bright either, not particularly a skill. The award is being bestowed by the Ms. Foundation, (laughs) Ms. Magazine, I assume, a Brooklyn-based organization that, quote, works to bring attention to the real challenges facing women, especially women of color and low-income women who are living in poverty and advocates for policy changes at both statewide and national levels. Now, don't you love it? Meghan Markle. Yes, she is uh, one of her parents is black. You'd never know it by looking at her. You'd never care because who cares about such things? But she qualifies as a woman of color, even though, well, because she won't shut up about it. That's all she, like, that's, you wonder why she doesn't get more acting jobs? Because I imagine her audition is, I'm a woman of color. I'm a woman of color. I'm a woman of color. Can you act? I'm a woman of color. I don't care. Can you act? Well, that's a racist question to ask me. But I love that they celebrate low-income women who are living in poverty. <clears throat> Meghan Markle was making a lot of money as an actress, and then Meghan Markle married into the royal family. Nothing says just scraping by like those two things on your resume. Am I right? Am I right? Of course I am. What Meghan Markle does bring is attention, which is why most of these people win these awards. If you ever notice that, like, oh, they're awarding this person for this, that, or the other thing. It's never somebody you never heard of. Why? Unless that's the gimmick of the award. And then they, they bring in people you've heard of to get attention to give these people you never heard of an award. That's uh, more a celebration of the person giving the award than it is receiving the award. But this is the Miss Foundation. Let's get some. Who can we give that will get a lot of attention? Well, Meghan Markle. All right, there you go. They probably at the Miss Foundation, because if you really are subscribed to the trans women are women line of BS. There are a lot of dudes in drag who've done a hell of a lot more this year than Meghan Markle have. We're thrilled to announce this year's honoree for the Women of Vision Award to celebrate 50 years of progress, Teresa C. Younger, CEO of the foundation, said in a statement. <laughs> Congratulations. You, you finally won an award for women. 
That is pretty much all the time we have for today. I guess tomorrow we'll know more about the uh, indictment and how the, the court case goes against Trump, and we'll get into that and more because, well, that'll be the chief stupid thing that happens in the next 24 hours. Lord knows there'll be enough to fill a book every single day. They just never give it a rest. I appreciate the hell out of you listening. Don't forget to tell a friend to be back here. Do it all over again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.